The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss what the marketing industry can learn from fitness. Joining us is Tim Green, who is the Chief Operating Officer at TeamUp, which is the most recommended fitness management software for gym studios, personal trainers, and their in-person, online, and on-demand services. TeamUp empowers their community by providing them with the best software on the market and excellent customer support in a system designed to ensure that they succeed. And today, Tim and I are going to discuss the marketing challenges in the fitness industry. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Tim Green, the COO of TeamUp. Tim, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Hey there, Benjamin. Great to be here. I'm excited to have you here. And mea culpa, my apologies. We are recording this on January 31st, and we are just barely under the deadline of the fitness craze related to New Year's. It's still January we could start all of our fitness goals. We can hire our personal trainers. We can get back in shape. That's what everybody does, right? This is your big time of the year. It certainly is, but it's only a close first to September when everybody's enjoyed their summer and then they want to get back to it. The beach body shaming phase. Yeah, but strangely, everyone's already been through the shaming. Therefore, it's like they've had enough of the shame. Time to get back to work. I think the fitness industry specifically, and we're going to talk a little bit about what marketers can learn from your industry, but it's really an interesting space because you've got all these large institutions, right? You've got your Planet Fitness and Barry's Boot Camp and places where people get together and have their collective classes. You get a lot of one-on-one -on -one sole proprietors that are related to gyms or doing home workouts. You've got all these technology solutions, all of these apps. You've got Peloton, Nike. God, there's so many people that are working in fitness. Give me your industry overview. Like, How do you think about the breakdown of the fitness industry? And how do you sort of segment who the customers are as a platform? There are so many different offerings, so many different ways to slice it up. But the way that I like to frame it is in the delivery to the customer. So what is the customer buying and what does that represent in terms of the offer? So you might find that there's a huge parallel between something like Peloton and something like a Beachbody Fitness DVD that's sitting on the shelf gathering dust. And the question is, what's the place of delivery and what type of service is the customer trying to buy? 
And the fitness industry is pretty unique because it has that difference in delivery model. I mean, if you look at the restaurant, like food industry, maybe you could make some parallels with like takeouts being delivered and people going to restaurants and then people preparing food by themselves. There's a certain level of control by the consumer as to how they're accessing it. But if you slice it up in that way, then there's a huge number of different programs, different companies, different offerings. But really, it's just how the customer is accessing that. And then there's very few categories within that. Are they at home? Are they on the go? Are they local? Are they accessing near their work? And those tend to slice up the type of offerings that people are putting together in a marketing sense. You know, my head goes to thinking about the fitness industry, similar to some of the challenges in finding a provider for content marketing and SEO. We've all got a million emails from someone who can get you to rank number one on Google by providing thousands of qualified backlinks. And they end up in the spam folder in Gmail, and we get those emails all the time. And we put them next to the one where the guy from Ethiopia, who's the prince, can get me $10,000. I just have to give him my bank account information. There's also SEO providers that are large-scaled consultants that charge tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Same thing sort of happens in the fitness industry. It's really hard to differentiate from who has credibility and who is this macro-expensive large institution. When you think about the brands that are in the fitness industry, how do you segment and figure out who is credible? Well, it's such a great illustrative example because another parallel to that would be, say, the coaching industry. So our Facebook feeds are full of people offering different coaching packages, change your life, change your career, change whatever aspect of your business you want. You know, there's a coach for it. And there's a great parallel there with the coach who's sitting on a beach in Bali, kind of exuding success that they've attained over a very short amount of time, an incredibly short amount of time, quite remarkably short. But of course, they're posting this from an environment where they can live on maybe $500 a month, and it doesn't really seem to kind of match up. Whereas then you have maybe a coach in central New York who has an office, staff, and a different type of operation completely, real costs, real risk, real investments in their business. And you really look at the two and one exudes success and great beach pictures. And I think for a number of years, we went through a process where people tend to associate that with success, but gradually that's become less and less credible. And I think the parallels to the fitness industry, there are local studios who run amazing businesses, who have real costs, real customers. They have to look their customers in the eye when they come in every time. And if the results aren't there or the service isn't right, they're personally responsible for it. And then you have kind of larger companies who are selling subscriptions who don't really have like a two-way feedback loop. You're buying a product. And it's very, very difficult to differentiate between the two things because one has incredible expensive marketing and the other one is struggling to market in a competitive landscape. And really is a parallel to how a lot of small businesses operate, a lot of local businesses operate, that it's all about how they can compete in the environment they're in versus the larger, better funded companies. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. 
Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So let's talk a little bit about that, where we see this gamut for competitive industries with lots of different types of service offerings. Is the trick here to have great targeting? Is it high impression volumes? Like when you're thinking about marketing, anybody could use a fitness app or join a gym, right? Maybe for some businesses, you're bound by geography if you're an in-person business. But if you're a technology solution, or in your case, a platform, your end customers could be anywhere, anyone, all of the time. So how do you think about building in differentiation? What's the right impression levels? How are you getting in front of and staying in front of the customers and building that goodwill to get them to think that you have credibility over the guy that's sitting in Bali saying, just lift the dumbbells? Well, if only it was that simple, really. The challenge is, I mean, for a platform like TeamUp, which is a booking management system for physical or online businesses, is that your claims are really close to your competitors' claims at any one time in a crowded marketplace. And the only way to really differentiate from competitors is by reputation. And reputation is not something that you can just create overnight. It's something that is hard won over a lot of years. And so every time you make a decision of integrity or you do good work with customers and you build trust with them over a period of time, you're building that asset of your goodwill in your business. And what a lot of new businesses try to do is they try to fake that they have that goodwill rather than try to just do the hard work of doing the job well. And I think that that's really the underlying part of good marketing is delivering a really great service and a product. And that's what a lot of businesses who struggle really don't understand. If you've ever seen an episode of Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay, it's amazing that 99% of the time, the food is bad. That's why the restaurant's failing. It's not the marketing. It's not the decor. It's not any of the things that the owners of that business think is the problem. If only I could get the money to put some new tables in. If only we could move to a better location. If only we could do this. It's always down to the food. That's their product and they're getting it wrong. So I think that underlying with marketing is understanding what your product is and the benefits that it provides to customers. And that's what you build your marketing from. Prior to being a podcast host, before I was a talking head, I was a marketing consultant and we're a dime a dozen. How do you think about differentiation where I was a startup, you know, brand development, marketing strategy consultant? I'm sure lots of people can say that. And my strategy was you start with the people that are closest to you. And in general, my philosophy in marketing is start at the bottom of the funnel and work your way up. And so for me, it was 
personal networking for the people that I had worked with to see if they needed help in some of the areas that I was a specialist. And then after a while, I started to build referrals and a reputation and my business started to scale on its own. And then at some point I said, okay, I need to raise my profile. I'm going to start a podcast. So I work my way from the hand-to-hand combat of building my network or leveraging my network to get clients up into some of these awareness, high impression, sort of consistent content delivery mechanisms. Do you think it's the same type of focus for most gym providers or personal trainers? Are they working with people that are close to them or is it better to start building awareness and then hopefully that trickles down into conversions? I think it's almost exactly the same model. The gym Odyssey try to start a business that is beyond where they are personally in their own personal career progression really, really struggle because they haven't gone through the stages of metamorphosis of that business. A bit like you with your marketing consulting, there was no point trying to go to pitch to new big enterprise clients until you were ready and you had the confidence in your own ability and your business to be able to then go and really be able to win the deals that you can justify. And so a lot of people start out with personal training, maybe as like just one-on-one as a small business. And then gradually, once they built up a client base, then they take those clients into their first facility. Usually that's pretty small. And then they outgrow it pretty quickly if they're doing a good job. And then they scale up that way. And for a lot of business owners, they hit a certain plateau, which is kind of right for them. Maybe it's 200, 300 clients as an independent fitness facility. And that's as far as they want to go in terms of complexity. But a lot of times that's almost a self-imposed limitation because they don't get the systems right and they overcomplicate the business. They don't really have marketing systems. They just had word of mouth. So then they can't reliably generate and grow the business. And I think that you'd see a lot of parallels there with a marketing consultant who doesn't invest in the processes to be able to acquire new clients. They're working on referrals, they're working on word of mouth, and gradually they don't know really how to scale the business past kind of a certain point. And a lot of people get stuck there. So it's really a balance. But I think if people have the right understanding or help or mentoring at a certain point, then they can scale beyond it. You know, I think we can learn a lot from the challenges in the fitness industry. It is a distributed industry. There's lots of different solutions. But one of the key things that we can take away is the messaging, the differentiation. It's really hard to be different than the trainer standing next to you. And this is something that's common in all sorts of service-based industries. How do you think about differentiation? As much as every brand wants to be different and have clear points of why they're different and better than their competitors. Sometimes you're just not. And then it has to do with what the relationships are and understanding how to stay in front of your customers. Then it's about staying in front of your prospects and making sure that you are top of mind and have the requisite impression levels. So when they're in market, they're ready to choose you. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Tim Green, the COO of TeamUp. Join us again tomorrow when Tim and I continue our conversation talking about artificial intelligence's impact on marketing in the fitness industry. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Tim, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is TeamUpTim, that's T-E-A-M-U-P-T-I-M. Or you could visit his company's website, which is GoTeamUp.com.
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.